if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. We get rolling at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the 18th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being with us. We are loaded today. Absolutely loaded. Coming up in a half an hour, less than, we will talk with Ken Blackwell, former Ohio Secretary of State, former candidate for governor, uh, Republican governor in the state of Ohio, will join us to talk about, well, what else? Last night's opening of the Democratic National Convention, filled with lies, filled with innuendo, filled with false allegations, filled with racism, and filled with, well, nothing when it comes to acknowledgement of the violence that has gone on in this country over the course of the last three months, and it has gone on unabated. They refuse to call for an end to it. They refuse to do anything about it. So we're going to talk to Ken Blackwell about all of that at 935 at 1010. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's Kersenau Day. It's a great day because Peter Kersenau will be with us to analyze everything that's going on at 1010. And then at 1035, we go back to the campaign and Katrina Pearson, senior advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, will be joining us from the road to talk also about the convention last night and uh, President Trump's response to much of that, which is where we are going to start the program today with the convention last night. And what I'm about to play for you is a little bit hard to understand, but it doesn't matter. The part that is hard to understand doesn't matter. The part that matters is very easy to understand. Democrats simply hate this country. Can I say that any more clearly? Can I be any more direct, I wonder? Democrats hate this country. At the DNC, of course, all of this being done virtually, the Democratic National Committee running the Democratic National Convention, two DNCs here, They had, at the beginning of this whole thing, uh, um, several meetings, virtual meetings for their various subsets of the DNC, right? One of them was their youth council. DNC caucus and council meeting held uh, for their youth council as a part of the DNC opening yesterday, right? I want you to listen to the host of the DNC youth council inviting people as they get this thing started with, believe it or not, the national anthem. I'm stunned that they would, would even think about playing for the thing. What I'm not stunned about is the instruction that started it. 
And I'm also stunned that I cannot hear that audio right now. I thought we had that worked out. We're going to give it another shot here. Many of the videos and pictures you're about to see were recorded before COVID, which is why the kids are not social distancing. However, the audio was recorded over the past month. You may rise or kneel if you are able for your preference. You may rise or kneel for the anthem, which is to come over a video of kids that you heard what he said. This was recorded. The the videos were recorded before COVID, which is why they're not socially distanced. But they're going to play a video with the national anthem over top of it. And you may rise or kneel, whatever your preference. They have normalized the disrespecting of the national anthem, the United States flag, and the country, the republic, that is represented by those symbols. Quite literally, they have made this a normal thing now. Forget about baseball players. Forget about NFL players. Forget about NBA players. Forget about all of the celebrities. They are basically saying now, Democrats, be good little Democrats here and rise if you want, but uh, be make sure that you know that you are free to kneel for the national anthem. Disrespect the blood of the millions of the of who uh, of of patriots who have fought for that flag since the inception of this country disrespect the sacrifice disrespect the loss of life disrespect all of it in order to make your socially conscious virtue signaling statement even if it's in your own home rise or kneel as you see fit that it's small it's minor in the grand scheme of things but it's enormous when you look at the consciousness of things they want people to consciously consider now not just the automatic gesture of rising out of respect to the greatest country the greatest beacon of virtue and liberty in the history of human civilization Instead of automatically rising for that, which we have all been encouraged to do and trained to do and educated to do, because that's the most important thing. I almost said conditioned to do, but we're not conditioned. We're not puppies. We're not, you know, little animals being trained. We've been educated about the glory of this great country and the opportunity that it provides for all, all who reside in her and for those who wish to come here and pursue the American dream in this great land. So we've all been educated about that, so we always pay respect to it. But literally now the Democrats, on the the night of the start of their Democratic National Convention, want to remind everybody you don't have to pay respect to this great country. You don't have to acknowledge the greatness, the force for good that this nation is. You can Look at this disgusting, reprehensible uh, tribute to oppression for what it is and get on your knees and say, shame. I am ashamed of that flag. Because that's who Democrats are. Mind you, Democrats weren't always this. My parents were, were, were Union Democrats, essentially. You might call them Blue Dog Democrats. I, before I knew what, what, what was what in this country... When I turned 18, registered Democrat, voted Democrat for about the first four or five years of my life because mom and dad were Democrats, and I didn't pay attention. I was agnostic politically. I didn't really give a rat's behind. I voted Democrat because mom and dad voted Democrat. A lot of kids do that, and then a lot of kids open their eyes and wake up to reality. But in today's Democrat Party, there is no waking up. 
In today's Democrat Party, it is absolutely being. You, you know, it's kind of funny. I said we've all been educated to rise out of respect for the flag that represents the greatest republic in the history of mankind. In Democrat land, they have been conditioned, not educated, conditioned and trained to hate this country. And that's why encouraging people to kneel for the flag and for the anthem of this country is indeed intentional. This is what they want you to be. Anti-American, because if you are anti-American, if you oppose the flag, oppose the anthem, the next thing is, why do we oppose those things? The next thing is, look at how bad America is. Look at the oppression. Look at this, that, and the other thing. And then it will be much easier to turn this country upside down. Erase capitalism. Erase liberty. Erase uh, uh, individual freedom and personal accountability and replace it all with massive government telling and guiding each one of us into what we must do. Let's talk a little bit more about the convention last night. Once the speakers did begin, perhaps, eh, I guess, all right, perhaps, I was going to say perhaps the biggest surprise was the speech given by a former governor uh, at the Democratic National Convention last night, virtually, of course, but I'm kind of pasing on perhaps because it's not a big surprise. John Kasich was a Democrat when he was in office. How could he not be a Democrat when he's out of office? This is the same man, Governor John Kasich, who I voted for in the state of Ohio, to my great shame. But this is the guy, John Kasich, who in four years ago in his own home state, right here in our home city in Cleveland, Ohio, in which the Republican National Convention was held to nominate Donald Trump for the presidency, the governor of who represented the same exact party refused to attend. Is it any surprise that he took to the microphone in the Democratic National Convention last night to praise Joe Biden? And to suggest, not to suggest, but to openly call for his election over Donald Trump, the Republican incumbent. I'm a lifelong Republican, but that attachment holds second place to my responsibility to my country. That's why I've chosen to appear at this convention. In normal times, something like this would probably never happen. But these are not normal times. I'm proud of my Republican heritage. It's the party of Lincoln who reflected its founding principles of unity and a higher purpose. But what I have witnessed these past four years belies those principles. Many of us can't imagine four more years going down this path. I find it um, equal parts ironic and disgusting, and maybe a little bit humorous, that Joe Biden is condemning the current state of the Republican Party and, and hearkening back to the days of unity in the party of Lincoln or the party of Reagan or whatever the case might be. When it is the Democrat Party that he is pandering to at this very moment last night, which is responsible for not some, not most, but all of the division that he is decrying in his speech. He's complaining that there's no more unity in America and that his proud Republican heritage harkens back to a time in which there was unity, refusing to acknowledge that literally from the very day 
four years ago that Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, the Democrat Party weaponized federal government agencies in the Department of Justice, the FBI and the CIA combined and collaborated to try to remove a duly elected president of the United States. It doesn't get more divisive than that. From the day he won, and as a matter of fact, which we have discussed ad nauseum, prior to his winning the election in 2016, Democrats, and led by the former Democrat president himself, Barack Obama, whose leadership, along with Joe Biden, his vice president, and along with his CIA directors and national intelligence directors, all conspired prior to Donald Trump's election to take him out if in, if in the unlikely event he actually beat Hillary Clinton. Remember, we got this from Peter Strzok, who told his lover Lisa Page about the insurance policy that they had in place. That if somehow he wins, we will remove him. And they started then planting the seeds of the what would come to be known as the Russia hoax. So now John Kasich, reformed Republican turned liberal Democrat, he's always been a Democrat. Come on, let's be honest. Now he's going to talk to us about division. Division and how we need to elect a Democrat to bring unity? Is, did he really say that? That is exactly what he said. Let me turn my attention now to somebody else had, who had some very interesting things to say last night. While John Kasich tried to convince liberal Democrats during the convention and his speech yesterday that Joe Biden is not going to lead to a sharp left progressive turn by the Democrat Party, his former opponent in the primaries, Bernie Sanders, says he sure as hell is. Our campaign ended several months ago, but our movement continues and is getting stronger every day. Many of the ideas we fought for that just a few years ago were considered radical are now mainstream. But let us be clear, if Donald Trump is reelected, all the progress we have made will be in jeopardy. Thank God. Because what Bernie Sanders just said is that Joe Biden has accepted my far-left socialist policies and took them from radical to mainstream. And that if Donald Trump is reelected, all of that goes under, you know, uh, is gone. It's in jeopardy. It's, it's, it's wiped out. Thank God. But you know the old addy, uh, the, the old uh, um, uh, axiom, right? Um, when somebody tells you who they are often enough, pretty soon you better start to believe them. Bernie Sanders has told you that the Democrat Party is now socialist. Joe Biden adopted a unity platform with Bernie Sanders and his radical socialists. So when they tell you we will be the most progressive administration in history, it's time to believe them. And it's time to be very, very worried about them. I got more on last night's night one of the Democratic National Convention. Don't forget, we got Ken Blackwell coming up at 935, Peter Kirsten out at 1010, Katrina Pearson at 1035. Right here on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here.
1420. The answer. So one of the other superstars on night one of the Democratic National Convention of Lies, the uh, wife of the most corrupt president in the history of America, Barack Obama. Michelle Obama took the uh, podium, or the virtual podium anyway, yesterday to tell you how awesome Joe Biden is. If we have any hope of ending this chaos, we have got to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. I know Joe. He is a profoundly decent man, guided by faith. Guided by faith. He supports abortion anytime. He was a terrific vice president. Name a single initiative during the Obama administration that Joe Biden was responsible for. He knows what it takes to rescue an economy. The economic recovery from the 2009 uh, recession was the slowest in over 50 years from economic recession. Beat back a pandemic and lead our country. He beat back a pandemic. 60.8 million people became infected by H1N1. And Joe Biden's own chief of staff said it was a miracle of God and good fortune that we didn't have hundreds of thousands of deaths because they screwed up the response. That's Joe Biden's chief of staff at the time. And he listens. He will tell the truth and trust science. Ask Joe Biden how many genders there are. Then tell me how much Joe Biden believes in science. This is what we got last night. This is the best the Democrats had to offer at least night for night one. And here at home, as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and a never-ending list of innocent people of color continue to be murdered, stating the simple fact that a black life matters is still met with derision from the nation's highest office. That's because Black Lives Matter does not have anything to do with black lives. It has everything to do with what your husband started. Insurrection and the turning of a capitalist republic into a socialist nightmare. Your husband started it. Black Lives Matter is merely continuing it. It has nothing to do with black lives. And at what point, Michelle Obama, are you going to reference the 7,000 black lives that are taken every single year by other black lives? Don't tell me the names of George Floyd or anybody else that you want to throw up there, as if these are the only black lives that matter. Do you believe black lives matter, Michelle Obama? Because if you do, then I want to hear you start listing the 7,000 annual black lives that are taken by other black people. Then we'll believe that you really mean what you say when you say black lives matter. Until then, you're nothing but politics. And poor politics at that. News time now. Former Ohio Secretary of State and gubernatorial candidate Ken Blackwell next. AM 1420, The Answer.
Okay, 9.35. We continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, phone lines are going to be open, but the opportunities are going to be sparing in this program because we are loaded with guests. But uh, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110, uh, the numbers to get in. I'm not going to give you social media because I'm doing my level best not to promote social media with what they continue to do to conservatives and to conservative causes. We're waiting for uh, former Ohio Secretary of State Ken Blackwell. Uh, Ken Blackwell is going to be joining us to talk about uh, what's going on, some of what we heard in night one of the Democratic National Convention. But before I let Ken Blackwell, actually before we get him on the line, and we hear Ken Blackwell respond to it, what do you think of President Trump responding to what you heard last night from the the, uh, DNC, from the likes of Michelle Obama, and yes, other Democrats like John Kasich? Do you want the failed policies of Mayor Bill de Blasio or Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Chicago, or Mayor Jacob Fry brought to every city and town in this nation. If left-wing Democrats can't run a city, why on earth would you let them run your country? We have such incredibly run cities, such incredibly run cities. The problems we have are the radical left. It's a great point. And and that is something, by the way, that was notably absent, right? Wasn't it? From last night's DNC, first night? Did they ever address the violence in American cities, particularly the Democrat-run cities? Did anybody talk about police officers being assaulted and hospitalized? Did anybody talk about businesses being destroyed and burned, vandalized? Did anybody talk about people being dragged out of their cars and beaten senseless, beaten into the emergency room, some of them with very serious injuries? Did any of them talk about the double-digit shooting percentages of increase in shooting in cities like New York City, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Oakland, Los Angeles? I mean, not one single America is on fire because of liberal Democrats refusing to do anything about them in the local cities, in the localities we're talking about. And last night, with the entire nation watching, they had an opportunity to address it. They had an opportunity to condemn the violence. They had an opportunity to condemn uh, the, the arson. They had an opportunity to condemn Antifa. They had an opportunity to call for peace. They had an opportunity to undo what Ayanna Presley did the day before, saying we need more unrest in the streets as long as there's unrest in our lives. They had an opportunity to try to bring some peace to these Democrat-run cities, and they refused to do it. If they can't, as President Trump said, run a city, why on earth would we allow liberal Democrats who don't care about victimization and violence to run the country. President Trump was right. And I'm told we do have our guest on the line right now, and I'm very privileged to welcome back to our program. It's been a little while, but Ken Blackwell is uh, the former mayor of Cincinnati. He's a former uh, treasurer in the state of Ohio, former Ohio Secretary of State, former Republican candidate for governor, whom I was uh, very proud to vote for in 2006. And uh, he is now a senior fellow for family empowerment with a very important organization called the Family Research Council. Ken Blackwell, back with us here in Cleveland. Mr. Blackwell, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, sir. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. What was your impression of night one of the virtual Democratic National Convention? Well, they they 
they didn't talk any policy because their their policies are very uh, uh, alarming to to most average uh, Americans. Uh, they are socialist in nature, uh, and they are, as you just mentioned, uh, they are accommodating to the disruptors uh, that now have come to dominate uh, not only their party but many of the cities that are governed by Democrat leaders. Uh, cities that are watching their quality of life going a downward spiral uh, and watching their populations vote with their feet uh, by by leaving uh, those those cities, uh, creating uh, just uh, reservations for uh, low income folks uh, who 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 would desire to have an opportunity society with 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 you will see over the course of the, the balance of this campaign is that their policies, which they shot away from last night, uh, would not create an opportunity society, but an expansion of the welfare state. Mr. Blackwell, you heard, or we heard, among other things, from two different individuals, two different messages in the same doggone uh, convention. John Kasich, the former Republican governor, uh, and I say former Republican, not former governor, because he really is not a Republican any longer. Maybe he hasn't been for a long time. But he sat there and told everybody that Joe Biden is not going to make a sharp left turn and lead this country in a progressive way. And that's why he felt comfortable showing up there to speak at that convention and endorsing him. But then right after that, Bernie Sanders, the patron saint of socialism in the Democrat Party, came on and said many of the ideas that we put forth in our campaign, meaning the Sanders socialist campaign, have gone from radical to mainstream and will be implemented under Joe Biden. So how can how can both of those things be true? <laughs> what, what, what Casey essentially said is don't believe your lying eyes. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't use don't use your brain. Please get stuck on stupid uh, and, and, and and not take a hard look at what they are talking about. This is a, a party that has embraced a platform, uh, a platform that they're they're trying to keep in the dark, but nonetheless a platform that embraces the a Green New Deal, which would destroy America's energy independence, uh, cause not only a spike up in energy prices, uh, but actually drive uh, tens of thousands of Americans out of uh, the, the workplace, out of jobs that uh, provide an uplifting income to their families. Uh, here is here is a here is a party that actually has embraced what they call reimagining police forces or defunding police forces uh, at a time when the streets and neighborhoods of of our communities are at are at risk. Uh, and so John Kasich has basically embraced this philosophy. Uh, he, you know, he is so selfish, so self-centered uh, that he actually thinks uh, that his voice can persuade people to adopt uh, a, a, a vision of a future that is not in their interest. That's just crazy. It, it is. Um, but he does believe that because that was the message he tried to sell to the voters when he ran in the primaries against Donald Trump. Of course, getting whipped soundly, which is uh, probably what leads to all of his anti-Trump uh, uh, efforts right now. We're talking to Ohio former Secretary of State Ken Blackwell uh, this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Um, 
I want to ask you, Mr. Mr. Secretary, about uh, race in this race. Um, And I want to remind you, as well as everybody else, that uh, this is what Joe Biden thinks about black voters. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. He's telling them what race they are based on their political ideology. Then went on to say what you all know, but most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You are a black man, Ken Blackwell. Uh, I think you have pretty doggone different attitudes and ideas than Al Sharpton does, who is also a black man. Uh, I think you have a different vision and a different set of ideals than Barack Obama does. How insulting is it for Joe Biden to tell black America you're all the same to me? It's, it's very insulting. Uh, and But he has, he has always been patronizing when it comes to uh, black citizens of, of, of this country. Uh, he is one of the most... Uh, insufferable personalities that I've visited uh, in, in, in politics uh, in my 45-plus years uh, in, in, a, in electoral politics. Uh, Joe Biden, um, look, uh, he, 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 he is where he ought to be, and that is secure in his basement. <laughs> um, and, 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 and he is a clear and present danger uh, that needs to be taken off of the streets. And, and God bless him. They, they've probably backed into this, uh, but they, they now have him placed where he needs to be. Uh, and as a consequence, uh, he won't be able to make the case to why he should replace Donald Trump. Because, look, they want this to be a referendum on the president. Uh, in the uh, the spin out of the pandemic, uh, the fact of the matter is that they know that once he came into office, he 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 created a a, a policy package that that encouraged three trillion dollars that was parked that were parked offshore to come back into the American economy, and he gave us a rapid economic growth, job creation, a lift in incomes, and then he was hit by the, the China pandemic. Uh, and as a consequence, we are now working our, our way out of that, but but we are working our way out of it. Our, we, we have a, a rebounding economy. Uh, we are putting people to work, and if we can just avoid, if we can just avoid putting the, the spending money that creates an incentive, spending it in a way that creates an incentive for people to stay home as opposed to go to work, as opposed to creating safe work environments uh, and and paying and incentivizing people to go to, to go to work. That's why his executive order on the payroll tax cut uh, was 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 very important because it encourages more hiring. And it encourages work. <laughs> not, yeah, and, and these not are things. Yeah, these are things. By the way, payroll tax cuts or payroll tax holidays used to be supported by people like Nancy Pelosi back when Barack Obama floated those ideas. And now that Donald Trump wants to do these things, suddenly it is a it is a horrible thing. Uh, the hypocrisy is just so thick. It's 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 really something to see. Um, Ken Blackwell is our guest. Um, do you believe that Barack Obama even likes Joe Biden? 
And, and I mean that from a personal standpoint and from a political standpoint, because during that massive field of, of Democrat candidates, he had plenty of opportunities to say, my former vi- vice president is my guy. My former vice president should be the guy to lead now. He refused to endorse Joe Biden until there was nobody else left in the field. Only once it became clear that Joe Biden would be the last man standing in the primaries did he say, hey, I support Joe Biden for president. Look, I'll I'll be kind. I think Barack Obama thinks Joe Biden is a useful idiot. But the reality is, is that even if at one point he knew that Joe Biden uh, uh, brought with him uh, some sense of Washington establishment that he hadn't really gotten his 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 bearings to the place, uh, uh, that was one thing. But I, I think that, it, it, you know, it doesn't take uh, uh, a rocket scientist uh, to see that uh, there has been some cognitive decline in, in Joe. But beyond that, to, to know that, you know, going into this, Joe Biden is, is perhaps the most corrupt candidate for a president that we've had. That's saying something. You know, I, you know it, it, it really is. Going into office, what we know, how we know that he misused this office, what we know about what he was able to do in terms of patronage for his, his family members. I mean, this is, this is measurable. This is, this is um, uh, in the open. Uh, but what, right now, what, what the Democrats will try to do is to keep us from looking at that uh, by talking about the, the dangers of the, the pandemic, try to put those dangers on the president's back, uh, and, 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 and hope that they, in, you know, what, 75 odd days, uh, take an election. Um, speaking, of, speaking of 75 days, it's been more than that, around 79, 80, 81 days that Portland has burned uh, consecutively now, nights since the, the uh, protest started after the George Floyd incident. Uh, and we, this is kind of bringing a f- full circle back to our start of our conversation, uh, Mr. Blackwell. You know, uh, what do you say to Americans who are terrified of their own safety in America's big cities? And quite frankly, uh, Donald Trump Jr. said yesterday, uh, don't think this is going to be limited to the big cities if it isn't stopped. It's going to branch out into the suburbs, the violence, the blocking of streets, the pulling of people from their vehicles and beating them and so on and so forth is going to come out into the suburbs. And we're dealing with an administrator, excuse me, with a, uh, a party, the Democrat Party and various local administrations that have said, we want to get rid of cops. We want to cut police forces, defund them, reimagine them, get rid of them. What do you, what do you say to Americans who are terrified about their own safety if the Democrats are elected? The first obligation of elected leadership in our country and our constitutional republic is to provide safety. The president deals with national security uh, and, 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 and general safety. Uh, the lo- local officials, mayors, county commissioners, uh, and then state officials, governors, are responsible for the safety of our neighborhoods and streets at the, at the city and state level. We have too many 
of state and local officials who are asleep at the switch, who are derelict in their responsibilities. And one of the things that I know as a, a statewide elected official and as a, as a local official, member, uh, member of council, mayor, vice mayor of the city of Cincinnati, is, is that capital uh, is, is, is not, is, is a coward. Uh, meaning that you won't get capital investment in environments that are disruptive uh, and violent uh, and unsafe. And if 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 that happens, what you start to see is jobs start to leave these cities, jobs start to leave these states, mm-hmm. uh, and that is that is the problem. The quality of life goes down. And so, as Rudy Giuliani understood when he was in New York, his first job was to reduce crime and create safe streets and neighborhoods. That was the only way that we were were going to get better schools and and, and more investment and more businesses and more jobs. And that led led to great prosperity and safety for New Yorkers for the last 20 years, even after uh, Giuliani left office until de Blasio reversed those policies, and now we have just a train wreck there. So it's a great microcosm example of what's going to happen on the large scale in the country if we allow the Democrats to uh, to gain power. Uh, Former Ohio Secretary of State Ken Blackwell. Mr. Blackwell, it's always a pleasure having you on our program. I hope we can do it again soon. I do, too. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. All right, that's Ken Blackwell on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get a couple of phone calls right after this, the Bob France Authority. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. So I was talking to Ken Blackwell last segment about uh, something that Donald Trump Jr. said uh, with Sean Hannity. And I want you to hear it because I think it's spot on. If you um, if you think that the violence is only going to be limited to the inner cities, if you think that the shootings, the beatings, the, the assault, the smashing of windows, the looting is only going to be in the inner cities, um, you might be in for a rude awakening. I mean, they're sitting by as BLM is destroying Democrat-run cities. These are cities that have been controlled by Democrats in many cases, and in some cases for up to a century. And somehow it's magically Donald Trump's fault. I mean, this is the quintessential example of liberal privilege. This stuff shouldn't be happening. It cannot be going on in America. And guess what? It's not just happening in these big cities. It's only a matter of time till the Democrats who are literally siding with criminals and offenders over a law-abiding tax-paying citizens till this comes into your backyard, Sean. It's inevitable. They're incapable of pushing back against the bad guys. That's their base. They can't push back against the bad guys because the bad guys are the liberal Democrats' base. It sounds insane, except for the fact that it's a thousand percent true. Michelle Obama last night declared that Donald Trump is the wrong president for us. He is not up to this moment. I love the fact that President Trump does not listen to this nonsense without responding. President Trump took to Twitter last night to respond to Michelle Obama's uh, commentary and reminded her, the only reason I'm here is because of your husband. Quote, somebody please explain to Michelle Obama that Donald J. Trump would not be here in the beautiful White House 
if it weren't for the job done by your husband, Barack Obama. Biden was merely an afterthought. A good reason for that. Very late and, oh, I'm sorry, a good reason for that very late and unenthusiastic endorsement, which I also brought up to Blackwell. Tweet two from the president last night. Somebody please explain, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, the continuation, here it is. My administration and I have built the greatest economy in history of any country, turned it off, saved millions of lives, and now I'm building an even greater economy than it was before. Jobs are flowing, NASDAQ is already at a record high, the rest to follow, just sit back and watch. Tweet three, looking back into history, the response by the Obama-Biden team to the H1N1 swine flu was considered a weak and pathetic one. Check out the polling. Really bad. The big difference is they got a free pass from the corrupt fake news media. And finally, tweet four. The Obama-Biden administration was the most corrupt in history, including the fact that they got caught spying on my campaign, the biggest political scandal in the history of our country. It's called treason and more. Thanks for your very kind words, Michelle. (laughs) President Trump just laying it out on Twitter. You don't like me being here. Just so you know, I am only here because of the pathetic job your husband did when he was here.